Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Jennifer Torres, who made her children's book debut a few years ago with the picture book Finding the Music and Post de la Musica. In 2017, Torres is back with her first novel, Steph Soto Taco Queen. It's being published in January by Little Brown Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. In the book, readers meet Estefania Soto, a seventh grader who's growing increasingly embarrassed by her Tia Perla. Tia Perla isn't Steph's aunt, however, but she is part of the family in a way. Tia Perla is her father's taco truck, a neighborhood fixture, though Steph isn't thrilled when he uses it to pick her up at the end of the school day. As friendship dramas arise at school, Steph's parents seem more overprotective than ever, and proposed regulations threaten to put the town's food trucks out of business, Steph's loyalties to her family and to her father's livelihood are tested. Jennifer, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And, uh, you know, congrats on, on your first novel. You know, I, I know you have a picture book under your belt already, but had you been thinking already for a while that you wanted to write for an older audience? Yeah, absolutely. I had had the idea that became Steph Soto Taco Queen for a while, um, and it was clear from the beginning that it wasn't going to work as a picture book. It really needed um, some space and it needed, I don't know, just it needed to be a middle grade book. And so I love the idea so much and I'm really excited um, that it's finally going to be out in the world. You know, as picture books and novels each uh, come with their own challenges for, for authors. Um, how did the process of, of putting this book together compare to your previous one? Um, I think that, with, so my picture book is about, it's it, kind of share some of the same themes. It's also has a Mexican-American main character. And it's in a lot of ways about identity and community. But for the main character of Finding the Music, her story is sort of about where she fits in with her family. And then for staff, it's, I think, an older story. So it kind of draws on the same themes, but she is sort of figuring out you know, where she fits into the bigger world and what pieces of her family heritage she wants to bring with her. So it's a story of identity, but um, she's sort of grown up in a little, um, in a way that the character in Finding the Music, the picture book, isn't ready to do yet. Process-wise, um, you're able to pull in more characters. So Steph has some really great friends. Um, we can spend more time exploring her relationships with her parents, which I think are really important to this story because they kind of show where she's coming from and where she wants to be. And then just her relationship with the school and her wider community. So there is kind of more space and um, more room to characterize staff and who she is and who she wants to be. Well, you know, I noticed on, on your website that back in uh, 1997, I believe, when you were in high school, uh, you'd written a piece that ran in, in the LA Times about your family's food traditions at Christmas. And I was curious, were any of those or other sort of family traditions at all an influence on this book? For sure. And I, that's such a funny call. I mean, I'm proud of it. And I was proud of it at the time. But <laughs> it's like, you cringe sometimes, but you know, you can begin somewhere. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. I drew on a lot of my upbringing in um, Steph Soto. So I am not a first generation person. My family is Mexican American, but, um, have lived here for, um, more generations than Steph's had. That said, there's a lot of me and my childhood experiences in her. So certainly the food and the tradition of, um, food kind of being a part of your family and your cultural experience. I also grew up with 
what I considered at the time pretty overprotective parents. So I related to that frustration, definitely. Um, so there is a part in the book where Steph really wants to go to this concert and my parents would never have let me go to that concert. So I could relate to that. But yeah, certainly I grew up where I heard a mix of Spanish and English. Um, I grew up in schools and communities that were um, very diverse. And so I tried to pull that into Steph's experience as well. The other thing I wanted to, that was important to me to include was that my childhood, while not without, you know, its struggles and strains was ultimately a very, very happy one. So I know that a lot of books that have um, immigrant characters or immigrant families kind of foreground, you know, struggle and hardship. And I think those stories are incredibly important because that's an experience that a lot of children have, but there are more experiences than that. So for a lot of first generation children, immigration is you know, not top of mind for them. They're concerned about, you know, who their friends are, um, whether they're being called names at school, when their parents are going to let them have more independence. So I wanted to make a story also that was fun and that reflected sort of my joyful childhood. The novel does strike a real balance between feeling very specific to Steph's situation, but also very universal. I mean, I certainly, I think, had my own share of concerts that I was um, rejected from going to uh, <laughs> without, you know, some sort of parental uh, presence there. Um, and, you know, you know, whether or not uh, one's, you know, family has a taco truck business, you know, plenty of kids can be embarrassed by their own families and frustrated uh, that their parents seem overprotective. Um, you mentioned this a little bit, but did you feel, do you feel like you, you already felt connected to your own seventh grade uh, or junior high experiences, but do you, do you feel like those came even more to the fore as you were working on the book? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think one of the strongest was um, there's, so when you're a child, you look up to your parents and trust that they can do anything. As I have two little kids right now, and they're still very much in that phase. So if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer, they assume that I'm holding out on them, not that I just don't know. Like, there's nothing I don't know. But then there's a moment when that changes and you realize that your parents are people, they have failings, and they're vulnerable in ways that you didn't understand before. And so stuff is kind of there, realizing that this taco truck, while it's um, you know a pride of the family, it wasn't her dad's real dream, his real dream was to own a restaurant. And then she realizes that, you know, things are going well, but the business is also facing this threat. And there are ways that he can't advocate for himself in, in the way that he really wants to. So that's sort of a scary moment, I think, universally, when you realize your parents aren't like infallible, all powerful people. But it's also kind of an exciting moment because you can figure out ways that you can be a part of finding solutions for your family and helping your family and taking an active role in um, the family's success. Well, you know, I, I can think of many worse things to have to research than taco trucks, <laughs> but did you end up spending some time around them, either as a customer or otherwise, just to get a sense of the pace or how they're set up and broken down or how the cooks even move around the truck and those sorts of things? Yeah, absolutely. I don't work in daily newspapers now, but I did. And so... When I was a reporter, that was sort of the frequent lunch outing was always walking to one of the many local taco trucks. So um, you got a, a real sense of the pace, um, how it changes, whether you're there at lunchtime or just before or well into late into the afternoon. You can kind of see how um, a cook moves around and the cashier, what's the interaction like with the customers. 
But, you know, and also got to peek inside a few and talk to people about who they are and what their ambitions are. And so with this book and also with the picture book to some extent, I think I sort of wanted to draw on that journalistic tradition of getting to know the stories behind the people, the everyday people we see every day. So um, I don't think Stockton, California, where I live now, is different than a lot of American communities in that there are a lot of taco trucks around. So who are the people who run those small businesses? What made them start this? Why, you know, what is, how do they see themselves as entrepreneurs and what goals do they have for their own families? So yeah, definitely the research piece was so much fun on all sorts of different levels. And who could have predicted that uh, taco trucks would end up uh, in the national news even a little bit this year? <laughs> they had a moment. Even um, yeah. mobile voter registration I've uh, seen. But uh, speaking of journalism, uh, is it right? Were you working sort of on immigration and education beats? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I covered education for a long time and then then shifted over to demographics. And so that meant um, kind of population changes, population trends, getting to know or um, immigrant communities in the Central Valley. Um, so that enabled me to hear first person, sort of the broad range of immigrant stories that make up our communities and, and meet a lot of first generation kids and their parents and sort of understand that relationship better. And I feel like some of the, the threads in the stories, whether it's Steph and her classmates sort of putting together a fundraiser so they can sort of afford, um, art supplies for sort of an underfunded uh, school program or these proposed local regulations that are going to maybe jeopardize her father's ability to run his taco truck. Those feel like things would be very familiar to reporters who are sort of in the midst of what's happening, uh, you know, in, in their small towns. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I still sort of can't believe I got away with having this like, you know, bureaucratic fight over civic regulations in my middle grade novel, but I think it worked. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so there's a city council scene, and I've spent so much time in city council meetings and um, school board meetings. I mean, it's, it's exciting to me. Like, that's where democracy happens, and that's where important decisions are made that affect everyday people's lives, but it doesn't always make for a high drama. So it was um, kind of fun to be able to pull in some of those threads, but still, um, I hope, make it an interesting read. And also, you know, some of those regulations that are discussed in the book, at least one of them, the, the idea that a certain subjective standard of uh, how a truck looks could potentially be a factor, it, it's a very different uh, sort of thing than, you know, health code violations and things like that. It's, it's so subjective and it, you can sort of see it as, oh, this is a way that, you know, communities can sort of exert some power to sort of keep certain kinds of uh, vehicles out. It seems like you were, you know, there's definitely some thought about gentrification and some of those sort of things also kind of yeah, hanging out in the corners of Steph's story. Definitely, for sure. And um, yeah, I think that those tensions exist in lots of communities, lots of neighborhoods. What do we want our community to look like? Who are these newcomers? Do we trust them? Are things changing? Do we want them to change? Um, and all of those, um, you know, regulations that get brought up in the book are grounded in actual conversations that different communities have had. So it may seem very strange that um, a city council or city hall could, you know, regulate food trucks or ice cream trucks just based on appearance alone, but those sorts of regulations exist. Um, and, and those are things that um, small businesses and entrepreneurs, many of whom are immigrants, have to deal with. 
And I believe you're also involved uh, in some literacy work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a great, great job. So I work at University of the Pacific, and I coordinate an early literacy initiative. So we work with organizations throughout the Central Valley of California to make sure that students are strong readers by the end of third grade, because we know that that uh, for many students can be a real make or break moment in their education. So we work on promoting school readiness, um, story time, great opportunities for summer learning. And so much of what we do involves putting books in the hands of children. And something that's really important to me is making sure that we provide access to books that um, represent the communities and families that our our children and families come from. And was there a direct connection between uh, the work that you're doing there and your, your sort of decision to move into to writing children's books yourself? Um, I was an author before I became a part of the Literacy Initiative. So I think that um, writing for young people sort of grew out of my work in journalism and storytelling. So there are really big differences between both. And I think I write on my website that, so journalism was about telling real stories about real people and writing fiction is, is, you know, is not that it's about made up stories, but I think that both can contain elements of truth if done well. So I think there's a common thread there. And also both sort of are built on an understanding of the importance and power of storytelling so um, I think that's sort of where my interest in writing fiction came from. But And it's also gave, given me discipline as a writer, but it sort of creates its own challenges because as I'm revising, especially revising dialogue, becomes really difficult for me because in journalism, direct quotes are like sacrosanct. You don't change a word that someone said. And so as I'm revising dialogue, I find myself stumbling and like unwilling to change what someone said because, oh, well, they didn't really say that. I can't change their words. And I have to remind myself that they didn't actually say any of this. So, so that's a difficult balance at times. Uh, so what's next for you book-wise? Are, are you already at work on, on new projects? Yeah, I have a couple of um, middle grade novel ideas that I'm actively working on. Um, I want one sort of focuses on a sibling relationship um, with two sisters. And that's really exciting to me. So stuff is an only child. But for me growing up, and I know for so many others, your relationship with your siblings are sort of really central to who you are or can be. So I'm excited about that. Um, in terms of picture books, I'm trying to put together um, sort of a biography on Dolores Huerta, um, who was... Um, active, of course, in the Central Valley of California, and who is sort of a living icon in the civil rights movement. So really excited about all of those projects. And uh, do you think there's more to Steph's story? Or did you see this always as more of a standalone? Um, right now, it's a standalone. But I always sort of um, daydream about what Steph might be up to. And sometimes I feel like I might want to send her on um, some kind of, you know, reality show type taco truck competition with her dad. I don't know. There are possibilities. Definitely. Well, I know it's early yet, but do you have any uh, particular plans in place for, for when the book is coming out next year? I'm still working on those, but I know that I want to... So I work with organizations that serve immigrant families and Spanish-speaking families. And so I'd like to do something in partnership with them 
Um, so I'd like to sort of combine the book launch with maybe a book drive to support the literacy initiatives that I'm a part of. Um, definitely need to have a taco truck there, yes. but otherwise <laughs> plans are still kind of for me. Perfect. Well, uh, in the meantime, congratulations again on, on the book and thank you for speaking with me. Oh, I super appreciate it. Thank you so much. Once again, I've been speaking with Jennifer Torres, whose new novel is Steph Soto, Taco Queen, out in January from Little Brown. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. 